0: Gero Nurses, Tales from the Front, is made possible thanks to support from the Center for Education and Research on Aging at the University of the Fraser Valley and the Gerontological Nurses Association of British Columbia.
1: This month, Gero Nurses, Tales from the Front, talk with Joanne Brown, an assistant professor in the School of Nursing at the University
0: of the Fraser Valley. Your hosts for these festivities are two amazing women, who live by the adage that the older you get, the better you get. Unless, of course, you are a banana. Shelly Canning and Lillian Hung.
1: Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Lillian Hung, a general nurse who loves working with older people and staff in hospital and long-term care. I'm current, the current uh, GNABC president, GN's ABC stands for Gero Nurses Association of British Columbia. That is my volunteer work at UBC. I do research and teach nursing in senior care. Over to you, Shelley. Hi, thanks, Lillian. Um,
0: I'm Shelley Canning, and I'm also a Gero nurse. I've got a background in oncology and community health. Um, I'm an associate professor at the University of the Fraser Valley and I teach in the first year. So I'm teaching new nursing students about the care of older adults. I'm also the president of GNABC and I'm a member of the Center for Education and Research on Aging at UFB. And
1: welcome to this podcast. This is Gerald Nurse's Tales from the Front where we want to share inspirational and often innovative and very unique stories and all kinds of wonderful experiences of our journal nurses. We are
0: really excited today to have Joanne Brown as our guest for this episode. Joanne graduated from the University of the Fraser Valley Nursing Program, I think just over 10 years ago, and she has had a lot of really rich nursing experiences. She has worked in acute care on high acuity and ICU units. She's worked in the community, in AL. She works currently in long-term care, as well as she's an assistant professor at UFE. Joanne completed her master's in health leadership and policy uh, about three years ago, I think. And that was related to seniors care. That's a collaborative program, master's program between the School of Nursing and the Sauter School of Business at UBC. So Joanne's got a, a wide range of experiences to share with
1: us. Wow. Hi, Joanne. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about your experience as a geront nurse. Oh, thank you for having me. As a
0: starting place, Joanne, we would really love to hear about what drew you or, or led you to, to geront nursing.
2: Sure. Yeah, I had actually been working for um, quite a few years in a high acuity unit um, and I did really enjoy um, my high acuity nursing but what I was finding is that all of my kind of favorite patients and the patients that I connected with the most were seniors and I really loved the relational piece that I was able to establish with them and so that actually is what drew me um to want to seek out more work with seniors. And so I actually started working at an assisted living. And and what's kind of kept me focused and enjoying working with older adults is the relationships. I felt like when I was working in acute care, it was very skill-based and task focused. Whereas when I started working with the older adult population, the community, I was really able to establish meaningful relationships with them and get to understand them as a human being and the life that they've led up to that point. And that really helped me direct the care that I was going to give them. So I just found that for me personally to be a much more meaningful form of nursing.
0: Is there maybe a particular person or a particular care experience that you had, Joanne, that you could Kind of share that encapsulates that idea of relational nursing?
2: Yeah, I can think of, I mean, I can think of quite a few um, different scenarios and different older adults that have really um, had a huge impact on me. I think um, one in particular that stands out to me is um, a senior that I've cared for in long term care. Um, and it's somebody that. I didn't initially establish a connection with, um, but then due to deterioration, I ended up spending more time with this person. And I really got to know her and all the different similarities that we had in our own lives and the life that she led and the life I'm currently leading. And then she started always calling me my Joe. She said, where's my Joe? I want to talk to my Joe. And so then I would always go down and I would any spare time I'd have I'd go down and chat with her in her room. And we just established this it was it became a very kind of almost like a friendship. And um, yeah, and still to this day, and I just, she's taught me so much, just about life in general, and not just nursing. And so it's it's little relationships like that that I think continue to motivate me to work with older adults. You mentioned about meaningful relationship. Like, Can you tell us a little bit more about
1: what does that mean to you? Like, How would that be uh, rewarding for the work that you do as a general nurse?
2: Yeah, I think comparatively when I think about my previous days nursing, um, the relational piece was quite absent. It was very skill-based as I'm coming in to do these tasks and to, you know, to perform these skills. Whereas when I think about meaningful relationships, they're relationships that are established through really getting to know that person's history and the life that they've led. And then letting that direct the care that I give And then in doing that and giving that person-centered care, they in return establish a trust with me. And they can see that I am trying to provide them that level of care. And so then there becomes a mutual trust and respect. And it's not me in a position of power trying to care for them. It's actually a partnership. And so then in the end, I feel fortunate enough that I'm actually like I said, kind of gaining knowledge and wisdom from them um, and not just delivering care. And so then that's what I would define as a meaningful relationship.
0: So So, it sounds like your acute care experiences, it felt a little harder to have that be the focus, although I'm sure your Gero lens and knowledge helped you there as well. Were you able to kind of take that person-centered approach to the the older adults you were caring for in those settings?
2: Yeah, I was. And I think, you know, and I did my best to do that in acute care. And I still certainly think it's possible uh, without a doubt in acute care. I think the part that was more challenging in that setting is that the relationship ends much quicker. So you don't get as much time to get to know them as a person and who they are outside their current health issue. Um, And so you're kind of just starting to get the tip of the iceberg with that. And then they're usually transferred to another unit. And so I think I started to get a taste of it in that setting, but then was motivated to move to a community setting where I could, you know, explore that therapeutic relationship with them on a more long-term basis.
1: I wonder you can tell us a little bit about uh, how you uh, gain that um, trust relationship with uh, a patient in acute care or a resident in long-term care. Uh, I imagine you must have some unique skills and, uh, <laughs> to do that, to share that little
2: secret for, with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think I have any, any magical formula by any means, but I think you know, my heart just draws me to to the people that I'm caring for. And so what I have learned over the 10 years is that before I was, I was very focused on a task and I would go in and say, oh, hi, I'm Joe and I'm your nurse and I'm coming in to do A, B and C. Whereas now I go in and say, you know, you know, oh, hi, you know, Mary, it's Joe. I'm just wondering how you're doing today. And sit and have a little conversation with them and just see how they're doing. And then once I've actually established a bit of rapport with them in that way and got to know them a little bit, then I can say, okay, you know what? I just need to check this. Would that be okay? And then at that point, yes, I can still, you know, do what I need to do, but I've just established a bit of a rapport with them first And then once I've done that, I'll also try to sit with them again for a little bit and just chat with them as, as much as I can. Of course, in the world of nursing, we all know there's time limitations. And so that doesn't necessarily mean I'm sitting there for 10 minutes, but sometimes it's just that 30 to 60 seconds that you take to not just say, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do, but it's to say, this is who I am and who are you and how are you doing in this moment? And that can really be the deal breaker that established starts to establish the trust.
0: Right. It, we're all three of us um, are educators in in nursing programs, and I'm I'm thinking about the. It, it's not always easy to attract nurses into geront nursing roles, and and certainly new nurses in in our nursing programs often are really motivated by other patient populations. And I know that when you're teaching your, your first-year nursing students in long-term care settings, that one of your focuses is to try to build that enthusiasm with the very novice nursing student. wonder if you could share a little bit about some of the ways that you've you can translate that skill and enthusiasm you have for Gero nursing to those early nursing students.
2: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is um, leading by example. And I think, you know, I'm, you know, lucky enough that I get to teach in the area of nursing that I'm really passionate about. And so I try to just kind of show them my own passion for caring for seniors and, Really debrief with them in the moment as well about okay, yes, you did this skill, but like how is it different doing this with an older adult? You know, how do you think this might differ if you were working with a younger population versus an older adult? And and kind of show them the complexities um, that go along with caring for older adults and you know, the little things that you can get excited about. And so yeah, I, I, my hope is that my own passion, you know, translates, but also not just generically saying, oh, how did this go, but also kind of exploring how did that go in the context of the fact this is an older adult and, and not, you know, a 35 year old and, and how did that differ and showing them that there is a really challenging, complex side of caring for older adults. And, and so I hope that that does get them excited. And, um, so that's one of the things that I do, anyways. So you mentioned about um,
1: the challenge, you know, and the complexity, and when you care for someone, I wonder if you um, can share stories about, you know, how. And like, my, when we work in a clinical setting, we all, we all know that we have ups and downs, and we sometimes we face um, um, those uh, residents or patients that we would never forget. And those are the extraordinary ones that may have like severe behavior issues or, 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 just, you know, personality or there's something about that patient that you would never forget. It's like, can you share a story about, um, a, a, a patient that you had or a resident that you had kind of like that? And how did you, um, deal with, um, the challenge and yeah. And how do you maintain that, you know, your own resilience, you know, to come back and, you know, and um, still, like, maintain that passion.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, there there are some very challenging scenarios, you know, working with older adults, without a doubt, and, and that's across all settings, for sure. Um, when I think and kind of speak about the complexity of, of caring for them, I think about it in terms of, This is an individual who's in front of you and they obviously are having a health issue or a challenge um, because they're in front of you as a nurse. And so, but what comes along with that is this life of experiences and this, you know, often several comorbidities that are happening at the same time. And then usually a social scenario um, as well, in terms of how are they managing at home or how are they managing in their suite? And so it's you get kind of this big complex picture happening. And so you're you don't just get to go in and you know administer a medication, you know, and everything's gonna be okay. You have to look at all of these different facets. And um and so yeah, I can, you know, when I consider some of the more challenging scenarios that I've been in, I can I can remember one individual that I cared for. Um, and it was, it was in the community setting and it was a very, um, challenging situation because, um, of her cognition, it was really declining and she was very paranoid. And so we also had other residents that were rallying around this resident and trying to support her. And so in that scenario, We actually ended up having to do one-on-one care with her, which was very unheard of in an assisted living setting. And so um, it just comes to those moments when you realize this is something that we've never done here, or this is an approach we've never taken, but you have to do it for that individual. And so my partner and I, we did end up doing one-on-one shifts with her and we would literally just follow her around the building, and we would walk with her and chat with her. And this was leading up to a transition to long-term care. Um, But in addition to that, she was also having a lot of health issues. So it was a very multifaceted approach to nursing, where you're not only just, you know, checking their vitals and worried about their health, but you're also trying to combat the other aspects of what's going on
1: why one-on-one if she's living in
2: assist Living? Was she a risk to herself? Yes, Uh yeah, a risk to herself and for wandering. Um, And so, again, that was something that we had never done in this Mm -hmm. community. Um, And a lot of people's responses would probably be, okay, it's time to transition to the emergency department. Um, But the problem was is that, with this individual, we knew what trajectory that was going to take. And, you know, we knew that there was going to be even more distractions, even more noises, probably restraints at that point, and some antipsychotic medications, and we were trying to avoid that for her. So we realized, yes, we as a community are willing to rally around this individual into their transition to long-term care. And Knowing her as well as we did, we knew that we could manage her behaviors by just being present with her and just walking with her and staying with her. And so that was our choice and how we would transition her to long-term care versus, wow, this is a lot to manage in this community, therefore let's send her to the hospital.
0: That's a a great example of of really taking a very person-centered approach Enacting it where you you see the individual truly as an individual, because clearly you had a care plan that was designed exactly for her, um, rather than just as you say resorting to kind of the the quick and maybe the first thought of she doesn't fit here, we'll move her to emergency. Um, so yeah, kudos to you and and your care team there. We don't always see that. It, it also is a good example of, of how so many of our older adults aren't always in an environment that meets their needs. So in that moment, because, you know, that's one of the complexities of caring for older adults, they're not just a homogenous group and, and they're not a stable group. So they're dynamic and they change and they don't always fit where they are, but they no longer have control about changing that environment, so it's really up to up to us. Um, as you look ahead, and and you know, we're seeing a lot of different ideas around care environments being built. Some innovative um, dementia villages, or or different care models that imagine care differently. Is there something that kind of resonates with you? Anything that you think would be just a wonderful care environment to work in yeah, and for our I, folks to live in.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Yes, Both. Lillian and I are looking ahead.
0: <laughs> Signing
2: up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think when we consider, you know, looking, looking ahead to the future, and of course everybody um, says home is best, and yes, at times home is best, But there's also times where it isn't anymore, and we have to acknowledge that and look at how we can create these care environments such as the village concept or the greenhouse concept in order to accommodate them. And I think both of those models resonate with me, I think, for the reasons that you can get this little micro community within the community right and so they're all living in the same household whether it's 10 to 12 residents and when you have that focus they get to build more relationships with one another and mm-hmm. obviously the designated care team gets to build those relationships with both the you know residents and their families but it also in that setting there's way more opportunity for them To have purpose in their day to day and for them to contribute in the day to day happenings of the household as they would have in their own home. And so I think, in something I've noticed so much in caring for older adults, you know, in both, you know, assisted living and long term care settings is that still that need to contribute and to have a purpose is so important to them as it would be to any of us. But there's not very many opportunities for them to do that in kind of the traditional setting. So I think when you come into a very kind of household focused model, you know, they're able to help, you know, prepare the meals and they're able to have more one on one interaction so that they can do an activity that was maybe previously meaningful to them. Like maybe if they were a farmer, then maybe you have a little chicken coop out back and that's something they can help with. And there's just way more opportunity for that in that kind of a more intimate setting. So to me, you know, that's, that's what really resonates and that would be an ideal setting to work in, I think, and to live in.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Shelly, you have been to one of those greenhouse when you were in Ireland, right? Can you share a little bit? Yeah, I went to, um,
0: I went to the Netherlands and and Belgium a couple of years ago um, and visited two different green care farms. So it's a a model of care um, throughout Scandinavia and Germany, I know. And um, it's really taking that type of, of farm or natural environment and and then incorporating either an adult daycare or sometimes a long-term care, um, a long-term care home. So I stayed at I stayed at one Green Care Farm, and it was a working um, adult day program. And so the folks came in in the morning, and there was um, an equestrian ring. So there was horse riding. There was, as you mentioned, Joe. There was a, a big coop with chickens and ducks and geese probably not ducks chickens and and geese (laughs) um and a lovely big garden and then very purpose-built pathways that were um intended for folks who have mobility issues to to go around quite safely um and navigate these pathways and and be able to engage in a natural environment so it was a, a very um I think a very successful, uh, way to, to provide meaning and, and, and purpose, as you mentioned. So folks had things to do that were meaningful in the day.
1: It's a a very interesting model. Yeah. That sounds like a fun, very fun thing to do. A dream that maybe we can do. We can open a farm (laughs) (laughs) together. Yep. I'm up for it. Greenhouse (laughs) project. (laughs) Um, I wonder that um, maybe this is our last questions and uh, if you uh, could share maybe your top three tips that you would uh, provide for um, uh, a student thinking about coming to general nursing what would you what would you what would you say to that nurse.
2: yeah I think. If there's a student who is really interested in gerontological nursing, I would say Mm -hmm. definitely get involved in the, you know, gerontology nursing community as much as you can, Mm -hmm. um, because you need those people around you to kind of continue to inspire you and to share your passion and, you know, to let them know that, you know, it is a cool form of nursing. And, you know, I know that typically, you know, the cool forms of nursing are critical care, but you know, gerontology has so much to offer and it is really fun and there's a lot of joy in it. And so I would just encourage them to reach out to fellow nurses that are interested in that and to join, join GNABC. And even when they go into the clinical setting, you know, they can seek out those opportunities as well with their clinical instructors and say, you know what, this is an area of nursing I think I might be interested in. I'd love to care for older adults as my patients. Um, and participate in any research you have. And then I think as they work with them more and more and get more involved with the, you know, gerontology nursing community, I think that they'll feel that passion growing. Wow. Okay. And thank you for that commercial. Joanne.
1: the (laughs) NABC. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we would like to thank Joanne Brown for taking the time to talk with us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
1: Great. We'd like to thank all of you for
0: taking the time to listen. And if you can think of anyone who you think we should chat with on one of our upcoming episodes of Gero Nursing, Tales from the Front, you can email us at shelley.canning at UFE.ca or lillian.hang at ubc.ca.
1: So until the next episode, we hope you all stay safe. Stay healthy. And remember, laughter, laughter isn't the best medicine. Medicine is. So talk to you soon again. Thanks very Bye. much. And that's
2: the show.